This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, our dear friend. Welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church. We thank God so much that we can have this opportunity daily to go through this devotion with you. My name is Emmanuel Lai. I'm here once again with our friends who will be helping us to go into the study. They are Gloria Osei Bafo. Then Frank Opokubohen. Thank you so much, our friends, for coming. We appreciate your coming to help us every day. We'll be looking at dealing with difficulties honestly and carefully. That is, still looking at trying to interpret Scripture and understand what Scripture has for us. Let's pray with Auntie Gloria before we begin. Father Divine, we thank you again for your gifts, the gift of your word. We ask that even as we go into how to deal with difficult passages, Father, as the caption denotes, grant us the spirit of honesty to be able to approach your word carefully in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are a number of texts I want us to look at, but maybe we'll just pick one of them and take a look from First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Uh, if you have it, you can read Let's it for us. the word of God. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Amen. Amen. So, this is a direct response on how we deal with difficulties and, and that is honestly and carefully frank how, how from the text how are we supposed to deal with with such such difficult apparently difficult uh, text in the bible okay when you are reading or studying the scripture the focus is understanding but if you come across things that are presumed to be difficult we need to have this kind of honesty and carefulness. And if you are not careful, you might rush and impute a meaning into it. In another sense, you have to be objective. Otherwise, you might also, because it is difficult for you, you might be biased as to how to get the right meaning. For instance, you, you are you are finding difficulty in getting it. So anything, any little thing that you see, because you are not honest and you are in a haste to get it, you may attribute whatever meaning that comes to mind to it. And so in Proverbs, we are told that Proverbs chapter um, 2 verse 7, the Bible says, He lays up and sound wisdom for the righteous. So before we will be able to get all these perceived difficulties cleared, we need to deal honestly with the scripture itself and with ourselves. Otherwise, if you are not careful, these things will lead us to get wrong conclusions from the scripture. You know, it reminds me when we first started about the story of the woman who was reading scripture. She decided that I have, I have sent enough. Let me read scripture. And the first she opens, it talks about another woman in adultery. And so she didn't know what to do. Is the Bible commanding her to do adultery? So she said, Let me open another place. And it says, um, Go ye and do likewise. 
So she wanted to give her. I said, let me give her a last try. Open another place and said, have I not commanded you? Mm-hmm. And then she gave up. Reading out of context, how do we approach the Bible, Gloria, if we are to uh, come across some of these texts, which seemingly may be difficult, but we still need to read and understand? Yeah. So pointing us to the honesty. If you are not honest enough, you wouldn't even admit that seriously you have difficulty understanding it. And when you are not that honest to accept that you don't understand it, that is when you force your own interpretation into it. And sometimes we even want to force others to accept it. And that has been the problem, the danger with, sorry to say, sometimes religious leaders. The, the thing that whatever we find in the scripture, we ourselves, we do not understand. Instead of being honest enough, like a teacher, your student approaches you with a question that you know you do not understand. But to be honest enough to admit that this <laughs> one, I would need to go and find out. You would want to, out of pride, show that you know. You end up giving them wrong answers, wrong you know, information. You are bringing out very serious truths. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> well, it takes an honest teacher and a very good one to do that. To be able to admit, I do not know this but I would find out and then come. And that's when you are honest that you do not know. That is when you have that spirit in you to find out, to get to understand. And we have the same thing with Daniel and all that. He would have the vision and he would say, I don't understand it. I need to understand it. But if you force your own meaning, then there wouldn't be any urgency to find the, the, the meaning to it. Then you might have had interpretations that that's not conformed to the word of God. Then we come to the carefulness, the careful aspect. Actually, if there is the need that you have really honestly admitted that you do not understand it, then you must seek the interpretation carefully. And then back to honesty. We are told that honesty even safeguards us such that we do it evades that any difficulty that would try to uh, evade our understanding and then obscure our understanding so that we free our minds to be able to rather accept the truth else we wouldn't be safeguarded against errors I hope you get it and then it restrains us from giving superficial answers answers that suit us again it presents information out if we are not honest enough we will present information that is out of context and distorts the truth that god wants us to know in his word so sorry our time is already up it was becoming an interesting study where we are learning that even as a lecturer you have to admit if you don't know and then you find out but i think we'll go more into the study as the weeks go ahead we'll come your way again tomorrow we'll be dealing with difficulties humbly and we hope this impacts you as well. So have a nice time, our wonderful friend, and stay blessed. Hello, my dear listener. You are welcome to Adventist World Radio Ghana. You are welcome to the segment Youth Corner. And here we discuss interesting topics. This marks the last session of uh, topic, Choosing a Profession as a Youth. And I'm Eugene Kobner Takrai, your moderator for today. And I'm here with my resource panelists. They are in the presence of... Jemima Okonefriye. Asari Israel. Okay, so 
this is our last section for choosing a profession. And we've learned a lot in our previous meetings. Um, a lot of people out there have learned what a profession is and all that. Now, you want to start by asking what areas or where, what sources can we get counseling in terms of the profession you want to choose? You understand? We have, which sources do you have? What do you think about that? If somebody wants to choose an area he, he or she wants to go into, are there any sources out there the person can actually explore to know the path he really needs to do? What what I mean by that is counseling. Um, for me, I'd say that your first first source or the immediate source would be your family. Sometimes the people that are close to you, they really see what you are good at or the best things you are in. So seek counsel from, from them. That is if some of them don't have a preconceived uh, idea of what they expect from you. But then especially when you reach the teenage level, you really don't know. And in our system, before you go to SS, you should definitely pick an area where you wish to specialize in in the future. So at the age of 13, this thing comes at your laps. So you really have to seek counsel from your parents, from your siblings, that maybe in the house, what are the things you see me really good at? What do you think I'll be good in? Or, you know, because you live with people, they live with you, and everybody's personality just starts coming up as they grow. So your family members, close people are very important. They are a good source to really identify bits of things that you're good at so that you'll be able to explore those areas. Also, your church people. So from the uh, family, you go to the community, in the community, the church, you might be good in certain things that church members have really noticed. And then sometimes, too, you are not aware of exactly what it is, but you have interest. You have this feeling of, you know, you are good at maybe helping in this way or that way, but specifically, you don't know. Then you can resort to the internet that maybe if you you are good in doing this, what are some of the areas that can fall under this traits or attitudes? And then it will give you ideas to the careers or the the really academic programs that you can do under the, your interests. Okay. So I think those are some of the sources. Okay. I don't know if some yeah, of them your have Your point comments. is very insightful. So it means your family is, let's say, your primary source for knowing your counseling. I'll go to Kuma to add up to that. Um, well, there are a lot of career guidance and counseling programs. Um, I think I was when I was back in JHS, there was a session on Fridays for career guidance and counseling. I think it helped us. I think if it's upheld or continued, it, it will help us in determining which career path to follow. The counselors are there. That's one other option. And um, I think mentors, people you already see in a position you see yourself, mm. right? If you go to them, you ask maybe their internships. What did you do? Subject combinations, as we have in our setting. Do you understand? So you, you approach them, you ask, and then... If you don't think you have strength in that area, then you quickly realign so as not to be burdened in the future. Going into first year, second year, third year, you'll be like, no, I don't like this. Do you understand? Good. So identify your mentors and then the guidance and career uh, counseling members. Yes. So, you know, I last time we spoke about actually um, showing your fulfillment, actually the fulfillment you have in that. So uh, what mentality, you know, everybody has mentality by which, what mentality, what is the right mentality you need to enter into an area of profession? You understand? What's, what's the right mentality you need to enter? Should you enter into an area of profession because of money or the fame? What is the, what's it? 
Do you understand? I'm asking that because of the fact that you you are talking about the fact you have to realign if you realize that. But a lot of people, you have to realign if you realize that that is not the path you need to go, you, you want to go. That is not the path you want to go. Okay. Yes. So what mentality, what's the right mentality you need to enter into a profession? I'll, I'll go to Israel before I come to you. All right. So when do you want to um, set up your own um, profession by yourself? The first thing you have to look at is that the profession that you wish to do, or is it right for you to do that? Because we have a lot of profession in this world. Some impact negatively and some impact positively. So, therefore, you as individual have to know it yourself through going to counseling with people, not uh, only the specialized one, sometimes people with the experience. We have some people, um, they, they have the experience after them going through some uh, works and other seminars. So, they can also advise you for you to do the right thing. Okay, that is good. So, um, I like to ask this important, uh, this is very interesting. You know, Parents affect us whether you like it or not. Okay. What are the rules of parents in determining our profession? Okay. I'll start with Jemima. Our parents have, I think, even more than 50% role in, in determining our profession. Because they are the ones who give us life. They are the ones who really know us. They saw us when we were growing up. So a mother knows who the son is. She knows that the son is a quiet boy. The son loves maybe jollof rice, banku. The son loves, the son is loud. The son is there. So our parents know this so much that uh, I think they should know that their role is to really usher us into good profession in the future. You, They are there. We are gifts to them, of course. So they are also here to guide us to take the right path. So as a parent, when you are taking care of your child, you're supposed to then identify their weaknesses and their strengths. Not necessarily your preconceived idea of what I want my son to be. My son has to be an engineer because I am also an engineer. My son has to be a doctor because I'm also a doctor. My son has to be the mechanic because I'm also a mechanic. You can condition your son to be that, fair enough. But then you should also really identify what exactly your son likes as your son is growing or your daughter is growing so that if it's in a line with what you want, you can then groom or shape them in a nice way so that they will identify who they are and what they are doing. So I think our parents really play a major role. They should really help us strengthen our strengths and not rather pick our weaknesses and rather force that on our neck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Kuma, you come in. Yeah. Um, Talking for parents to, I think it's a big decision to them and a big deal because in essence, if you pick a career path and it doesn't go well, it's them you fall back to. So I, I also think it, it is, they feel it is, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's on them to tell you where to go to get the assurance because nobody wants to be a burden on the family. Do you understand? Uh, yeah. So with the parents, they have a big deal. Your mama gave them 50%. I'll give them like 70, 70%. Because you are mostly with them until you leave for secondary education. That's when remoding comes. And then the parents do not know everything that goes on when you are there. Do, do you get yeah, it? But I think our minds have been conditioned to <laughs> note that, okay, I want my, my child to be this, as Jemima said. I want my child to be an engineer. I want my child to be a medical doctor, etc. Okay, so Israel, the role of a parent in choosing a profession. 
Okay, the role of our parents in uh, us choosing our profession is that you see that since we are gift to our parents, they are to keep an open eye to everything that we are doing. So, for instance, if I prefer, sometimes I prefer to choose a course, they have an option to advise me way, way, uh, to other, to also open my eyes in something. Because sometimes, because since we don't have a lot of experience, you may try to do something on your own, which is not better. So, the role of the, them is also keep an open eye to see everything that we are doing, if it's good. But they, it shouldn't be a thing of them forcing or impeaching something on us that by force do this or do that. They must understand our will. But they, they are to supervise that our will is good. And also, they are to also advise us and help us uh, like communicate with us. Because we have some families, uh, uh, our parents don't easily talk to us to share all these things for us to also share our problems to them. So if the parents always with the, uh, the children, they can share their views that dad or mom, I wish to, to, do, to do this course or I wish to do that. So they must, we must be friends with our, uh, our yes. mommies and daddies yeah, also. Nice. Okay, so what do you do as a youth if your parent is very authoritative? And let me say they are very autocratic. They, they want you to do what they say. And it's what they are saying to you is contradictory to what you want. Um, so first, you, you are under the umbrella. Sometimes you don't have a choice. You just have to do that. Have to do that. Yes, because you are their child and they are paying for your school fees. Unless you have another, another source, income, yes. So if you are unlucky to have such a parent, then you really have to go by it because that's what you have. But then I would also encourage the youth that, for example, my mentor wanted to be a nurse, but her mother told her that she has to be a... My mentor wanted to be a teacher, sorry, but her mother told her that she had to be a nurse. So she went to nursing. Now she's a nurse lecturer. She's like, I loved to teach. I had to please my mom, but then I had to also make sure to merge it with my my mind. So now she's very happy. She can teach for like 10 hours standing. She's like, because this is what I love to do. And my mother too is happy with me. So sometimes they are paying their tuition. Let them pay. Figure a way out to merge what you've done with your passion. So that in the long run, everybody's happy in the house. Okay, that's, that is good. So, friend, if you're not joining us, we are in our last segment of choosing a profession as a youth and Jemima has given a very wonderful impute that if you are choosing a profession and even it's contradictory to that of your parents you should you can actually measure with what you want to do you understand so I'll go back to my panelists and from where Jemima um, left off I'll come to Kuma Kuma if you are a youth okay and you want to choose a profession any path you want to go you need money are there any financial aids out there you can explore oh yes there are quite a few but they are available i think scholarship schemes there are certain scholarship schemes tailored to maybe the occupation of parents maybe the the status or something right i know of a scholarship um where i just graduated KNUST for brilliant but needy students okay. right so what i would encourage the youth to do is anywhere you find yourself or anywhere you want to see yourself try to excel because you don't know what is ahead of you with a scholarship, it's for brilliant but needy, right? So you can't tell me you have a passion for medicine, you don't study. Then you want someone to pay for you. Your parents want you to do... If your parents are like mine, if you don't pass, you are going to be a mechanic. So you, you can't get such 
income, the access to that income. Do you, do you get me? Okay. Yeah. And with the scholarship too, there are other avenues that you can get them from. Maybe people who are ready to sponsor people to go through their, their career path, probably predecessors or mentors. You have to speak to them. You see, the, the elderly or the old ones are our friends. We should go to them for counsel each and every time. We can. If they can help you, fine. But don't go and say, come and pay my school fees. I need people. No. You suggest what you, you have in mind to them. And then they see the way forward. And also, if it doesn't work, I think you can also start up something. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I'll go to Israel on that too. Or do you, do you have any financial issues you think you can explain? Okay. So, you get a sponsorship for you to fulfill your professionalism. It sometimes um, depends on you, the person. And also, depends on the financial um, status of the family. So, for instance, the family is not having money. Sometimes you have to also find your own work. As uh, brother Kuma uh, just said that. You have to find your own work sometimes work so that I can survive and save something some more so that you can continue with education. Okay. Alright, so I'll go to our last question because time permits us to this uh we are wrapping up, okay. Alright, so our last question has to do with any profession you choose, okay. How um how does that actually glorify God? How can you use your profession to glorify God? I st- I'll start with Jemima. How do you how do your how do you use your profession to glorify God? Um, the Bible says whatever that you find your hands to do, do it to glorify God or do it in the best way. And God expects us to excel, to be excellent in everything that we do. So as a Christian and a youth, as a youth, you have so much energy in you. You are, you have so many fresh ideas in your mind and, um, you have to be able to give in your best so that your whatever company or whatever industry you're, you're working for, they will see a difference between you and a non-Christian. So I will say that as we are all going out there, show that you have so much energy. Because as a young person, you cannot go to the office place or to the workplace and be very timid and don't bring new ideas. Okay. When now we have so many ideas around and you want to that's it's just not christian like because god expects so much from us so whatever that we are doing whichever profession you are in just commit all that you have do your best to the glorification of god and i think god will see all of us through it and be successful uh, nice um israel this uh do you do you have something to say on that how do you make so therefore every profession that you find yourself to do it must be a thing of um, saving life and transforming people because as a christian youth we are light barriers wherever we go so therefore we have to set light everywhere we go not a light normal light that i'm talking about but a christian light for people to also watch you and uh, like transform to uh, the christian family all right, so as we end in our section, is there any other points you like to give us final word? Because there's no time. <laughs> there's all time will permit us. Is there anything? We are yeah. ending our uh, we are ending our, our topic on choosing your profession. Okay, as a youth. So. Um, as I said earlier, the youth are supposed to go and find advice from anywhere possible, but not from your peers. They might be ninety percent of the time they are as curious as you are. So. I'd advise you going to someone who is older, someone in a, a better profession. Check your temperament, your personality, your strength and weaknesses and follow the path and God will see you through. Okay, your last words. <laughs> okay, Israel. my last word I would like to say to you that when you look at um, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation of the Bible, there is no commentary given that humans are to be lazy because our Lord Jesus Christ who came to this earth came to work 
to save our souls for us. So therefore, as a human, when we read the book of Proverbs, it talks about the hands that do not work, do not eat. You understand? So if you can, you just you can, you cannot just sit there and be saying that uh, I'm praying to God to get something to eat or do something. No, we have to, we have to work. We have to work to uh, do a lot of things. Okay, Jemima, articulate last your final words. Um, I also say that as a youth uh, person or as a young person, you should try and also dig deeper in your life. It's not only just identifying your temperament and your personality and other things, but you should also identify the purpose that God created you on this earth to do. In your identification of your purpose, then it will guide you towards your path. So please find your purpose in life and then let it guide you. And of course, you find it through God. So seek uh, for that answers from God. And then when you really know what your purpose is, your true purpose on this earth or in your life, then you'll be able to plan your profession around it to really increase the fulfillment in the long run. Okay, so my dear panelists, I'd like to thank you so much for such wonderful contributions you've given. And we want to also thank our dear listener out there for taking time off to also listen to us on this interesting topic, like choosing your profession as a youth it has been an amazing um discussion and we promise you that the following time and subsequent times are going to bring you more interesting topics Uh, stay tuned thanks so much and have a wonderful day we would like to hear from you so call us on the number plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana. Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana, voice of hope. Voice of hope.